Welcome, everyone, and thank you very much for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection on October 5th, 2022. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, we come to you today confessing our sins and asking for your forgiveness. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So today we're going to be talking about a subject that I personally have difficulty dealing with, and that subject is sin. And I think it's important to point out that the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. And why would I say that? Because all of our lesson today comes entirely from the Old Testament, but it definitely underscores the need for a Savior, and that would be Jesus. That's where this points. When something becomes a habit, it usually means we do it without much effort or thought. It becomes a reflex. Sadly, sin can become a habit, and we don't even know it. We're going to talk about the temptation of sin, the act of sinning, and the inability for us to recognize our sins and ask for repentance. In the past, we've talked about what happens when we see something that we like, but we sort of kind of know that if we take it, there will be consequences. The term most often used in the Bible is pleasing to the eye. The first occurrence of that in the Bible involved a serpent, Adam, Eve, and God. Adam and Eve were both warned by God not to eat the fruit from a certain tree, but guess what? Eve was tempted. She saw the fruit. It looked pleasing to her, so she took it and she shared it with Adam. Well, consequences were separation from God and exile from the Garden of Eden. Our first reading is from Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Now, as you know, Adam and Eve had two sons, Cain and Abel, and they both brought offerings to the Lord, and, but the Lord favored Abel's more than it did Cain's. This did not sit well with Cain. Our next reading comes from Genesis chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. The result of sin crouching at Cain's door ended with murder of his brother Abel. He was mad at God. He saw what he thought would be a solution to help him vent his anger. So he killed his brother. And yes, there were consequences. 
Sin is nothing new, as evidenced by it cropping up in just the third chapter of the first book of the Bible. We have to deal with temptation of sin and the act of sin and also recognition of our sins that hopefully lead us to repentance. Remember what God said, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Well, guess what? For me anyway, ruling over it is definitely the tough part. Our next story is a little longer, and it involves King David. And yes, this is the same David that appeared to be the perfect little shepherd boy that killed Goliath and would hopefully live happily ever after and live a sin-free life. Spoiler alert, that didn't happen. As a matter of fact, he and his family did a lot of really messed up stuff. Our next reading begins in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 11, verse 1, and goes all the way through 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 25. Now, while I'm not going to read the text in entirety, I would encourage you to spend some time reading and studying this text. And while you're doing that, keep in mind the theme of seeing, taking, and the consequences involved. Here's the reading. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbath. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, She is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. As I said, I encourage you to spend some time reading and studying what happens next, but in summary, David hatched a plot to make it look like the child was Uriah's, and when that didn't work, He sent Uriah to the front of a battle line where he knew he would die. We pick up the story in verse 26. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. After the time of mourning was over, David had her brought to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. The next part of the story begins in chapter 12. And while we're not certain how much time had elapsed, some commentators think it was probably about a year before Nathan came and rebuked David. Suffice it to say that David had put this in the back of his mind as evidenced by our next reading. The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, 
drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over, because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you, and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Now after this, after David learned this, when Nathan told him this story, David's response was to write Psalm 51, which was a prayer in response to his sinful actions. Here is Psalm 51, verses 1 through 12. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict, and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me, yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Now, the offertory hymn we use in our liturgy during some of our services comes from verses 10 through 12. If it sounds familiar, that's why. 
Thank you so much for joining us today, and please feel free to share this, because I truly believe whenever God's word is sent out, it never returns empty. Let us pray. Most merciful and forgiving God, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. It is in and through him that our sins are forgiven. Let us be ever mindful that sin is crouching at our door, and we ask this through your Holy Spirit to give us power to rule over it. When we fail to rule over it, help us to prevent, repent and receive your forgiveness. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.